Here is today's Word from the Lord with Archbishop Foley Beach. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, and he sent his messengers on ahead, who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready. But the people there did not welcome him, because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Our Father, as we open your word this morning, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will send forth your Holy Spirit to be our teacher, to instruct us, and then help us, Lord, to apply in our lives what you speak to us this day. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus and for his glory we pray. Amen. John Denver sang a love song years ago which went something like this. I won't sing it for you. I'll just... (laughs) Follow me where I go, what I do, and who I know. Make it part of you to be a part of me. Follow me where I go, up and down, all around. Make it part of you to be a part of me and follow me. We North Americans generally do not like to follow. Most of us like to lead. It's sort of built into our psyche as we're raised in the States. We don't like to follow because we don't like to have someone else tell us what to do, or we think we can figure it out on our, on our own. For example, the typical male will not stop and ask for directions. <laughs> I remember one time Alice and I had been invited to a dinner party in a neighborhood which we were not familiar with. Of course, I got lost, and we went round and round and round, and I wouldn't stop and ask ask for directions. Well, finally, after about 30 minutes, I stopped and asked where the street was located. When we finally did arrive, we knocked on the door expecting to be a little embarrassed for being late to a dinner party, only to discover that we were early, a whole day early. Remember that? (laughs) We have a difficult time following. And then to add to that, Jesus asked us to follow him. But it's not like he's here in the flesh to show us the way. We have to discern by listening to his voice and obeying his word and getting in line with the Holy Spirit who's indwelling us. 
This morning's lesson from Luke chapter 9 is about following Jesus. Let's look at this passage together. Luke chapter 9 beginning with verse 51. Jesus has been ministering up in Galilee, probably at his headquarters in Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee. But it's time to go down south and up to Jerusalem. And he has to take a road which goes through Samaria. Verse 51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. The trip from Galilee to Jerusalem could take a week or longer. So Jesus had some folks go ahead and make preparations for the night. But the Samaritans were not hospitable. They wouldn't let him stay there. Why? Because he was going up to Jerusalem. The Samaritans had a rivalry with the Jews in Jerusalem. It was fierce. They wouldn't have anything to do with each other. It was racism at its worst. And so Jesus and his disciples have traveled all day and now they have no place to stay. Well, this is too much for James and John. Verse 54. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and destroy them? Jesus turned and rebuked them. James and John are great, aren't they? (laughs) Lord, how dare they? (laughs) Lord, let's show them, right? They must have had quite a temper. Actually, in Mark chapter 3, verse 17, Jesus gives James and John the nickname, Sons of Thunder. So now the sons of thunder are wanting to call down lightning. (laughs) Some of the original biblical manuscripts puts the passage this way. Changes, adds a sentence. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus said, You do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Eugene Peterson in his New Testament translation called The Message puts it this way. When the disciples James and John learned of it, they said, Master, do you want us to call a bolt of lightning down out of the sky and incinerate them? Jesus turned on them. Of course not. A few years ago, we had to travel over to Alabama to pick Rebecca up from a camp that she was attending. We had to be there at 7.30 in the morning, so Allison and I decided at the last minute to go over after work and and we'd arrive late. When we arrived in the city, we discovered that there was some kind of convention going on and there were no rooms available, not even at the Motel 6. We had to drive another 30 miles to find a room. Needless to say, we were tired, irritable, and greatly inconvenienced. Nothing like coming to the end of the day and not having a place to stay. Jesus and his disciples have to travel now to another village. And on their way, a man wants to follow him. Verse 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Can you hear the edge in Jesus' voice? He actually lays it out pretty accurately. 
The message, that translation puts it this way. On the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever. Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. Many folks today are willing to follow Jesus as long as things don't get too rough. Lord, don't ask me to give up my house. Lord, don't ask me to give up my fun. Lord, don't ask me to give up my things. Lord, don't ask me to give up my mirror. I don't know why I put mirror in there, but what would we do without our mirrors? <laughs> We're willing to follow as long as it doesn't get too rough. Luke continues in verse 59. Jesus said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Follow me, he said. Sure, Lord, I'll follow, but I need to take some thing, care of some things first. I need to make the arrangement for my father's funeral. Jesus said to him, first things first. Your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Does Jesus think it's not appropriate to bury the dead? Of course not. With all the bizarre twists and turns of revising the Bible these days, I'm surprised there's not been some kind of teaching arise which says that we shouldn't bury people. Jesus said so. <laughs> Jesus is telling this man, stop making excuses. All these things which you use as excuses in following me lead to death. And you are to be in the life business. Now another man speaks up. Verse 61. I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Lord, I want to follow. Lord, you can count on me. But first, let me take care of these close relationships. Let me have closure with my family. The message presents it this way. Jesus replied, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow. Seize the day. Doesn't this describe how many of us tend to answer God? Lord, I'll follow, but I have to do this now. I'll follow tomorrow. Lord, I'll follow, but let me get this out of the way. Let me finish school. Let me get married. Let me get a job. Let me get a family. Let me... You fill in the blank. I'll follow, Lord, tomorrow. The problem is tomorrow never comes. It's always today. Later never comes. It's always now. Jesus calls us to follow Him today. He calls us to follow Him without making excuses. He calls us to follow Him and let our relationships work themselves out. Follow me, he says. The Christian is not just a believer in Jesus. The Christian is also a follower of Jesus. And personally, I've found that it can be a day-by-day -day call, follow me. Moment-by-moment -moment call, follow me. When I look back at my life, I can see some key times when I was at a crossroads of life. Some of those times like two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And at these crossroads, Jesus said, follow me. 
It's not always easy. I'm number four of six kids, the youngest boy with two younger sisters. At age eight, my parents divorced because my mother's alcoholism raged out of control and she couldn't stay faithful to my father. The courts awarded custody of us kids like they did back then to the mother. So about this time, the drug and the hippie movement of the 60s was sweeping the country and my mother became a hippie. We actually moved a lot. I went to five elementary schools. On my 12th birthday, my mother threw a Halloween party at which she was busted and arrested for selling drugs and harboring runaways. After spending some time at DFACS, actually they housed us back then, um, had a little nice place to stay. My father was awarded custody and my young sister, younger sisters and I went to live with him and my stepmom. I'll always be grateful to them because they took a wild street kid and taught him manners and discipline, ambition and responsibility. It was at this time that one of my first crossroads came. The summer of my 13th year, I had my first opportunity to follow Jesus. I was at a church summer camp, a church that my father attended, and we'd spent a week up in the North Georgia mountains. And toward the end of the week, we had one of these nights where we were all around the campfire, and the, the minister, his, his associate pastor at our church named Ron Irvin, stood up and gave a talk. And at the end of the talk, he asked, Do you want to accept Jesus into your life and receive the forgiveness of your sins? He had explained how Jesus had died on the cross and that that gift was made available to all of us. So at that first opportunity there, I asked Jesus to come into my life. Another crossroads where I had an opportunity to follow him was when I was a senior in high school. As a senior, I was in church on Sunday, but Friday and Saturday nights, I was like everybody else. I was involved in a ministry called Young Life, which is a ministry to high school kids. And one evening we were at a meeting and the leader got up, his name was Bill Murray, and he began to talk about life. He talked about our life being a chest of drawers, compared, it to, compared our lives to a chest of drawers. He said, you have your school drawer and your athletic drawer and your family drawer and your study drawer and your religious drawer and your friend's drawer. And I remember thinking, yeah, I'm pretty well balanced. He's naming all these drawers. And yeah. He says, what most people do is they put God in a drawer marked religious. And when they want God around, they open the drawer up. And when they don't, they close it. He said, what God really wants is the chest, the whole chest. He wants to be a part of every drawer. I realized I was keeping him in a little drawer called religious. About the same time, a friend invited me to his church. It was Charles Stanley's church. And Charles Stanley gave the sermon that Sunday, which I still can remember verbatim. The title of it is, Jesus the Lord or Your Lord. And the whole first part of the sermon was about how Jesus is Lord of this and Lord of that and Lord of everything. And then the last part of the sermon, he said, but is Jesus your Lord, your personal Lord? And I realized at that point that he was not my personal Lord. Yes, I believed he was the Lord, but he wasn't my Lord. And he was calling me to follow and allow him to be my Lord. That same year, the Lord told me I needed to forgive my mother 
for the things that she had done for me and deprived me of, from me as a child. He said I needed to let go of the resentment, to let go of all the grudges, to release her. And to do that would mean I'd have to open up a relationship with her. See, I hadn't seen her but once in six years. The courts first said that she could not visit, and then after that I was, didn't want to have anything to do with her. But to open up that relationship would mean offending my father and stepmother who would not understand and would feel rejection of them and all that they had done. It's the way our family dynamics worked. Follow me, he said. How are you going to stand in a pulpit and talk about God's forgiveness if if you can't forgive? Well, if I've ever had one of those lightning bolt experiences with God, it was when I forgave my mother for all the junk she had handed me over the years. God's joy literally flooded my soul. It was awesome. I chose to follow. Another one of these opportunities was during my first year of college. There was a girl that was really interested in me, and she was good looking. It's what kids today would call hot. I mean, she, I mean, she had it. But her morals were loose. And I knew if I went out with her, I'd become sexually active. And God was giving me opportunity. Do I follow him or do I follow the ways of the world? I followed him. At age 21, I came to a place where the Lord said, Follow me, Foley. I don't want you to drink like everybody else. I didn't hear God saying he was against drinking. After all, he said it's for our merriment as long as we don't get drunk. But for me, with several generations of, gen- of chemical dependency in my family and what was going on with my siblings and how I was handling it, he was saying, Foley, if you want to live a holy life and follow me, you cannot drink like you are. So I gave it up. Follow me, he said. That same year... I was in college. I was on an ROTC scholarship that I had won. And the way this scholarship was set up, the first year, you were able to just go to school and you'd attend these ROTC things. But at the end of that year, you had to sign on the dotted line and commit for four years or more to the Army. And I was all excited about being an Airborne Ranger chaplain. I wanted to show you could be tough and be a Christian. Christians weren't wimps really enjoyed my time in ROTC, but I remember riding on a bus one day going to Fort Benning, and I was reflecting on the future. What was I going to do when I got out of college? And all of a sudden, the peace of the Lord left, and I felt, felt this anxiety and this inner turmoil that would not stop. I had other opportunities. My dad wanted me to go into his insurance agency I had a friend who was in the banking business that was pleading with me to come work for him. And of course, I was getting ready to commit to the army. But the Lord said, follow me. You're called to be a minister. You're not to do any of that. And so I followed. Over the years, there have been many clear calls where God has given me opportunity to follow him. Mary and Allison, going to the Cathedral of St. Philip, becoming an Episcopal priest, going to St. Albans, Monroe, Georgia, all the way up to leaving the Episcopal Diocese of Atlanta and transferring to the Anglican Diocese of Bolivia. 
I've been attempting to follow him and to say yes when he says, follow me this way. It's been an incredible adventure. Have I made mistakes? Mistaken his call? Sure. Is his grace sufficient? You bet it is. Is it always easy? No. Have there been times when I've said no to follow him? Yes, sadly, and I've needed to repent. Is it challenging? Yes. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Jesus said to those first century folks, and he says to you and me, follow me today. Follow me now. And it's up to each of us to respond. I'm responsible for me to answering his call, and you're responsible for you to answer his call. Let's be people who follow him. Let's be followers of Jesus. People who hear his voice and do what he says. People who understand his word and apply it in our lives. People who do his will. People who are his hands and his feet and his mouthpieces and his eyes and his ears. Let's be people who follow him. Jesus said, follow me. Who are you following? Amen. Hi, this is Foley Beach, and I want to thank you for listening to A Word from the Lord. I'm so grateful that we have this privilege of bringing the Word of God to you. If you're listening today and the Lord is speaking to your heart, the Lord is is drawing you to Him. I want to invite you to open yourself to Him, to open your heart, to invite Him to come and and live in your life. It's really a simple prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are the Lord. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I've messed up, and I ask your forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I want you to come and live in my life. So I invite you. I open myself to you. Come and indwell me in your presence. It's not a difficult prayer, but it has to be a sincere prayer. It has to be something that you intend to do and follow up on. And perhaps I'm speaking to somebody as well today who is a believer, and you're not where God wants you to be. Are you straight off the path? Are you living in disobedience or in sin right now, and you know it's wrong? Or he's asked you to do something, and and you refuse to do it. Why not today say, yes, Lord? Why not today do what he wants you to do or stop doing what he doesn't want you to do and get your life right to him life's too short it goes by so quick today is the day of salvation today is the day the lord wants to speak to you to bless you to guide you to strengthen you and this is my prayer for you this day and the whole reason we at a word from the lord broadcast this radio program is that god might speak into your life that you might be the person he's called you to be That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. Awordfromthelord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit awordfromthelord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can find A Word from the Lord on Facebook, and be sure to click the Like button to follow our feed on Facebook. You can also follow Foley on Twitter, 
His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at a word from the Lord dot org. Again, his email is foleybeach at a word from the Lord dot org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A Word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. We thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.